Are you ready for phenomenal thought leadership from the most well-respected leaders in industry? Join us for stellar conversations and sound advice from trailblazers who have a passion for excellence. Learn best practices that will catapult the culture of your company into a new level of greatness. Welcome to Great Companies, Great Leaders. Your host is Christine Gannon. So we are here today with Nick Belinsky, who is a good friend and colleague in the community. He and I have worked for many years in the veteran space. And today he serves as the veteran delivery manager and lead IT recruiter for Dices. He works on diversity and um, veteran recruitment strategies, specifically in the military veteran space, ensuring that their customers know throughout the country the value that veterans are bringing to the table and bringing to organizations, which is sometimes missed. He's currently an executive board member with the Phoenix Development Workforce Board under our current mayor, Mayor Gallego. And the vision is to sustain opportunities to earn, learn, and grow for Arizona. So congrats on that appointment. Thanks for the intro, Christine. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Less, as best as I can, but there's usually a lot there. <laughs> you are making a tremendous impact in our community and beyond. I'm excited in your new role that you have an opportunity for even greater impact. So congrats on that role as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So to kick us off, talk a little bit about your thoughts in terms of leadership. What what do you think are some, maybe two or three key characteristics that you employ yourself as a stellar leader and maybe qualities that you've seen in great leaders? Yes. Usually where I start with that question, which is often asked, um, defining what is leadership usually comes to mind first because in certain rooms and settings, we all just assume what a leader is and and what we're trying to strive for in a leader. And the best way to put it is even Simon Sinek said it, Simon Sinek says it is just being able to put a vision into words so clear that we can recite that vision as if it was our own, right? That's to me kind of the definition of a, a great leader. And some of those things that really strive from the characteristics that really stand out is consistency, integrity, and listening. Um, consistency is kind of to the core, uh, mainly because we're all destined to fail at some point of our lives. It's really how do we respond and how accountable we are with those actions and how consistent we are with them. There's no magic button or test we can take to give that stamp of approval. So, you know, that's how I break it down a little bit to try to make it as simple as possible. I love what you said about integrity and consistency because, um, I was talking with another leader earlier today and we were talking about integrity specifically and, and really part of integrity is showing up consistently every day, all day in the same way so that you're someone that people want to follow that they know they can trust you. So I really appreciate that, that validation. So although leading veterans shouldn't be different than leading civilians in the workplace, talk to me a little bit about, having veterans in the workplace and how they respond to great leadership. It feels like we're missing this in the diversity conversation in terms of being more inclusive with veterans. And so I'm wondering what your thoughts are related to leading veterans in the workplace. Yep. And this can be very simple as a blueprint across the board. And the biggest difference I've seen being in the service to the civilian workforce is kind of the term we call each other in the civilian world is colleagues and coworkers. Right, very 
consistent across the board. But in the military, it's different. It's it's brothers and sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding the differences between the two, because at least my thoughts and beliefs, there's more depth to brothers and sisters. There's more skin in the game. So, you know, having that type of theme and, you know, outlook of your environment, can you say that with where you work, previous jobs, current job, do you see your colleagues more as brothers or sisters, or do you just see them as associates and coworkers, which is wrong with it. But I think that's what makes the biggest difference in leading veterans is, at least from my experience, what I've heard and seen is the seek out for that very similar collaboration, that same in depth, that relationship, which is ingrained with us since we walk off that bus into boot camp. You know, there's, you know, yeah. I my left and right as a coworker from that point. It's like, we're all in it together for better or worse without the ring. So that's kind of how I see, you know, leading veterans is taking that type of approach with those relationships and, and, you know, being more in depth. I think that's so important because I do think that's a blind spot for employers sometimes who aren't familiar with employing veterans you know, um, transitioning service members, especially both men and women are coming from an environment, like you said, where they do have brothers and sisters and they are, if one goes down, we're all going down mentality and not necessarily the corporate work environment. And so, you know, as you said, leading with that understanding would help a lot, I think, to building a more inclusive, a more inclusive culture for veterans in the workspace. Yep. And to even elaborate and give an example to it is the formality of KPIs, metrics, pipeline meetings, weekly meetings. And when we go into those and we're trying to figure out how you're managing expectations, how you're communicating, do you really care about your employees or are you just managing mm-hmm. to expectations? Right. Because life happens and we're all walking through it together. So we all have a very similar story and journey that we're going through. It's called life. You know, there may be specific differences between those walks, but are you listening? Going back to the three common characteristics of a leader, are you truly listening or are you doing the, how are you doing? You're good. You're fine. Great. See you later. Um, talk to you tomorrow. Like there's no depth to that. <laughs> no. I see that common. Mm. And I think that's difficult, right? As a veteran or, and although I'm not, I'm coming from a family of three, so I have some knowledge, but but I think it's difficult for veterans in the workplace when there isn't that depth and that relationship and or they don't understand why it's difficult to build because civilians aren't necessarily coming from an environment where the relationship was king. Yes. When you trust uh, almost your livelihood, depending on you know, yes. your job, your the time, the war, when you trust your life in the hands of someone else, there's a little bit more in depth there. Now, civilian side depending on the skill set, right? We have our first responders and medical field where life is in their hands. But when you talk about the day-to-day common worker, you know, it's not that quite real life and death situations we're, we're dealing with here. So how do you get that? How do you get to that point? And it's never one thing. You know, right. you don't wake up one day and love the person you're going to marry. This doesn't happen with the push of the button. It's consistency. It's the little things. It's common checking in. It's what are you doing to really make sure they feel what I call value? Right. Do they feel valued? Right. It doesn't take much effort as a leader, you know, 
reality. It just takes constantly consistency and listening and integrity that you truly are genuine and you care about your team. That's so true. That's such good advice and easy to employ, but takes intentionality, right? Yeah, it's not easy to do. Um, I fail at it every day, but <laughs> I get back up and, you know, put on my work pants and, you know, try to yeah. tackle each situation and be present in the moment the best I can. Um, and showing grace the same way I would want grace for myself when I'm not living up to those high standards. So important. That is such a good point. Say that. Can you say that one more time? That was so important. Just trying to live up to the high expectations where I know I'm going to fail, but showing grace, not only to others, but for yourself too. You know, we are going to fail. We're not going to catch me on my A game every day, but what are you going to do when you fail, when you don't live up to the expectations? Are you showing and giving grace to each other and each other's best interest in mind? Right. I think that's so important on so many levels, but I'm thinking about the conversations I've had with veterans in the workplace and, and their um, uncertainty about how to integrate and how to assimilate into a, such a unique environment that's so different from what the military offers. And so I think that's, I think that's a really important point. I, I wanted to ask you a question. I'm going to go off script for a minute. So zero pressure on this question, but as I was listening to you, I think it's important for our listeners to know um, who are veterans. And, and I know that you, part of your role is, is recruitment. And so as you think about the resumes that you see and the veterans and transitioning service members that are looking for employment that have really strong leadership skills, but are having a difficult time translating those into the corporate environment, what advice would you give to them? Because I think a lot of times veterans shy away from applying for positions that they're more than qualified for, but they don't necessarily see themselves as a manager, as a director, because they they don't know that those translate. So what advice would you give to veterans who, who could walk into leadership roles in companies? Yes. No, great question. Almost a million dollar question. Um, how do you get the job you want? <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. You know, even how we started this interview, we started off with the question is, you know, what are the top three characteristics of a leader? So when you're doing your job search and you see positions, you almost have to do some homework, really just define what the employer is truly looking for. What's their definition of an example project manager? You know, in theory, you would almost think it's common sense, but it's not that easy. Depending Mm -hmm. on the role, you may have to do some homework and Mm -hmm. learn about the company. Learn about those individuals mm-hmm. and the roles you want to, you know, supposedly want to be in. And when I'm in certain settings and rooms, I'm talking about, you know, a couple of people raise their hands saying which companies they want to work for. Some people say Amazon. I'm like, great. Do you know anyone that works there? No. How do you know you want to work there? You don't even know anyone. I mean, did right. you it's not knowing anyone that joined the service. Odds are you're referred by a family member or a friend. You know, he did some homework, hopefully, went to maps. You did a lot of work to get hey. to the point. And now you're just going to take a big leap of faith, apply to a job, not knowing much about it, besides maybe a, what a commercial said, what their values are. Which right. you that's what their values are. That's what they're selling. But then we do our homework, and that's maybe not what they are. Um, so my biggest advice to those that are searching and trying to, I would say, pin the tail on the donkey sometimes in your job search yeah. Do your homework. It, you're in the research stage when you're searching. 
you know, and if you can't have a conversation with at least one person working for the company that you're applying, you're already two strikes behind. In the industry of HR and hiring, the number one reason and will continue to be the number one reason why most people find a job is referral-based. Um, who knows you? Who knows of your work? Who can speak to your work? Who can help you find the job and walk you through it a little bit before you just raise your hand saying, I can do that job, when you know very little about the company and the role itself, besides maybe what a job description says. Right. So to simplify it is, you're in the homework stage. Do the homework first before you start throwing things on your resume and words and terminology that may or may not stick. It's so important. So many things that you just offered as advice. And something I'm thinking about is something I learned uh, once I began working in the veteran space, which is, you know, in the military, you're chastised and, and I don't know what the right word is, but you're in trouble if you fraternize with members um, in different ranks. And, and if we translate that into the corporate world, that's really networking, right? And so it, your advice to talk to someone who works there or get some more information about the company besides what's online and besides what you can find, you know, on the internet, is, is a new skill. And so I think recognizing that as a veteran, I may need to learn what networking means and what does that look like and what's the proper way to do it? Because in the military, you know, that's not encouraged in terms of um, talk, interviewing someone about their job or understanding what the company is like, right? That's not necessarily happening for them. And so I think understanding the importance of networking helps too. As, as people are looking for work. Correct. I mean, the ability to control your own destiny a little bit with your own job, you know, vice versa, military to civilian, right. it can be overwhelming uh, and limitless and scary and exciting. Right. <laughs> so, with it, enjoy the research stage. Um, you're a free agent. Um, right. And it's not easy. Some work that has to be done and it gets fun and easy the more conversations you have with those and the number one and largest alumni in the world by right. far, right. The military alumni. You have right. 10% of the population out there at your disposal to relate to you at some degree and be able to help you hopefully in the brothers pay it forward model. Right. Well, Absolutely. Big advantage. Yeah, Absolutely. So besides having um, an ERG set up for veterans and military spouses, what are, what are some real tangible things do you think as a leader um, that a leader could employ in, in the work environment that support veterans in the workplace? What do you think are some tangible best practices? Yes. Where you start is the core foundation. And in some cases, you have to be transparent with your company, with your leaders and your employees and ask yourself the similar question is, why do we care about veterans? When it really comes down to it, like, why are we going after this talent? Why do we want to brand ourselves as military friendly? Is it really going to drive the bottom line, push the bar? You know, if you really start digging in there, I think you're going to like the answers that come out of those conversations because you're going to see a lot of value and a lot of different avenues that veterans and their experience can bring your company. But right. you also have to understand first, why do we need veterans? The employer has to do their homework. 
you know, nothing like putting a flag in the front of the lobby and saying, we care about veterans. I mean, that's great <laughs> on a flyer, but employees are not, they're smart. And veterans are smart. We, we pick on that pretty easily. We can kind of ask a few questions, see firsthand if an employer is truly caring or not. Um, we see it. It's hard to hide it. So when you ask yourself as a leader is, why do we care? Um, and I could ask a lot of leaders in various companies, and they really can't give me an honest answer. And that's okay. You just have to be transparent with yourself. Is okay. But the more homework you do, I think you're going to see why most companies start wanting to invest to attract this type of talent. Um, the ROI, um, you ask some of the largest enterprises in the world why they invest so much in the military. It works. <laughs> it does work. The training that uh, service members receive before they even hit their first assignment is so rigorous. I, I think about entering the corporate world myself my goodness, what a different experience it would have been had I had eight weeks of boot camp. although I wouldn't have survived, but. <laughs> so we call that culture training in the military. We get you cultured up. <laughs> <laughs> so my last question for you, Nick, this is a fantastic interview. You are giving away so many nuggets that are just phenomenal, not only for veterans, but employers who are hiring veterans, such, such an important topic. So I appreciate, I appreciate the conversation. So the last question I have for you is what do you think the greatest leadership advice you have either given or been given is? Yes. For me, received is really understanding what is your identity and what keeps you moving, what is passion about, what's your keystone habit, right? What is the one thing that's kind of a revolving door that's going to allow you to be the person you want to be? And it's okay if you don't necessarily have it easy when it comes to leadership. That's okay. Some people have to work harder at it. It's not natural, not born with it. Some people actually have to read a few books, have a few mentors, and they gradually get into it. But when you define the advice is, again, what's your keystone habit? What's your passion and purpose that you thrive for? Because a lot of the leaders I've seen and experienced it's not what they've told me. It's kind of watching them from afar. You know, I'm watching them without them really knowing I'm watching and they're leading by example. So the example is the leadership. Are you leading by example? And if you're not, how do you expect others to follow you? Um, and then as far as kind of paying that forward, that's the best advice I can give is leading by example. It's the simplest way to really kind of showcase who you are, but also not trying to put on a show either because doing the right thing when no one's looking is the really what I would call character. You're not doing it for a trophy on the wall or to pound your chest or to show off. You're leading by humility. And that is something that at least I look for in leaders. Um, they don't have to have the title. They don't have to have the pay. Um, that's not how I identify a leader. So. Right. Great advice. Great advice. Nick, thank you so much for, um, for being on our podcast today. Where can people find you? If they're interested to have you speak or they need support in this area, where can they find you? 
Yes, I am on LinkedIn, of course. Um, and as far as reaching out to me direct, uh, my information is there. I'm easy to okay. find. Perfect. Just type in my first name, Nicholas, last name, Belinsky. And in the workforce world here in Arizona, you know, the workforce is changing. So regardless if you're here in Arizona or outskirts, uh, the remote workforce is real. It's changing and companies are adapting. So happy to help in your job search, point in the right direction, and just have a very quick and simple conversation if that's about as simple as it can get. Awesome. So I will put your contact info down below, below the YouTube information and make sure that people can reach out to if they need to and want to. So Nick, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Christine. Appreciate it. Brightworks Consulting hosts this podcast and YouTube channel to spotlight the leadership around the world that is changing lives. Brightworks offers a myriad of consulting services in the public and private sector to include diversity, equity, and inclusion solutions for any size company. You can find us at www.brightworksconsulting.com. We're honored to have Best Companies AZ as a presenting sponsor for this podcast. Best Companies AZ is your number one source for regional employer branding. You can find them at www.bestcompaniesaz.com.